Soy Miguel Montes Gonzalez coming back to you otra vez con Firme Cuentos y Arte Podcast. Pues, yeah. You know, yesterday was Veterans Day and I didn't make an episode on Veterans Day intentionally because my family um, we have a I guess you could say we have quite a, a military history in my family and um, goes back quite a bit and um, well being a person of color in the military isn't uh, always all that it's cracked up to be at times there have been situations there have been I guess you can say uh, white middle class expectations that people of color are, are held up to situation goes is you are in charge of a few airmen, I think it said three or four airmen, in your finance flight, and your, your role as a supervisor is to encourage and train and prepare the younger, less experienced uh, airmen come into your position, so you're, you're essentially constantly training your replacement through leadership and mentorship, and, and just you're cultivating them, you're, you're helping them be NCOs before they're NCOs, you're teaching them, and you teach them through many, many different avenues, you teach them by, you lead them by example, them by sharing experience, uh, things you have as an individual experienced as an airman coming into uh, a sergeant, an NCO, and you know, and you, you build them up so that when you move up and higher in those positions, well, they move up to take your place. That's, that's the way, you know, that's mentorship, that's leadership, right? So here you are. CEO, and you have three or four airmen that you're training, that you're leading, and as, as you go through this process with them, there's a, a presentation that each of these airmen 
individuals and to officers. They, they have to give presentations and they have to speak and they have to, to teach to show that, yes, they're ready to move to the next stage. So here you are. You've got these three or four airmen. You're getting them to prepare for their presentations. And, well, one of them is, as it says in the, the scenario, Chinese American and has a strong accent. The other airmen do not have an accent, as it says in the as it says in the scenario. So go through this process. scenario, the NCO tells that Chinese American, you know, as well as everybody else, you know, study your material, know what you're presenting, be prepared for questions, and, you know, is treating them all as equal. Now, each of these airmen, they all, like anybody else, has their strengths and weaknesses, it says.
NCO and say, good call. This airman needs to practice his English before he can present. Or would you go to that NCO and tell him that he needs to focus more on that airman so that he develops his English better, whatever that's supposed to mean, that he can develop better develop his English, you know, better speak English, I guess, I, I don't know, because the answer really didn't get into much. Because it's not. 
he's come this far, he can continue to go as far as he wants. Yeah, having an accent doesn't stop anybody from doing anything. And when it says the other airmen don't have an accent, it makes me wonder, so none of them have a southern draw. None of them have that, that, that Boston or New York accent. You know, when you move across this country and you hear somebody speak English, people that speak English have accents. I have an accent. Yeah, this, this is my accent right here. The way I pronounce words, the way I pronounce uh, everything. This, these, this is my accent right now. And everybody has an accent because they all pronounce things a little differently. You, I'm, I'm sure you can understand me. If you can understand the English language, you can understand me. Yeah, I, I'd like to hope that you could. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to hope that. Oh, yeah. And I've heard other people say English words differently. I get the gist of what they're saying. I can understand that. Yeah. The southern accent, northern accent, central U.S. accent, west coast accent. Everybody. You know, it's, we all say words a little different. You know, I came up here and I hear people, instead of saying bag, they say big. Instead of saying tag, they say tag. Yeah, like an EG, like the way my son hears that. He heard that before I did. And now I hear it everywhere I go. I hear that at the grocery store all the time. I mean, all the time. And, you know, I, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Anyway, I, accents are accents, what they are. And the way people pronounce words, it's not always something you can change, because that's the shape and structure of the muscles within their face, within their mouth, that creates those sounds that come out of their mouth. So it's not like you can take an accent and disable it. You, you really can't. You know, it's, it's, again, it's different for everybody. So, ultimately, I chose the first answer, I chose to talk to that, that supervisor and tell him that that was potentially, that was offensive and potentially racist. And it turns out that I, I did not choose the correct answer. Yeah. That was a question that I missed.
captain, and he most certainly outranks this airman, most certainly outranks that sergeant, for one, as an officer versus a non-commissioned officer, it's officer versus enlisted, this, this individual, this doctor, uh, certainly has a college education, very educated, uh, very bright individual. I believe he is of Vietnamese descent. He has a very strong accent, I guess in air quotes, a very strong accent, yet he communicates quite effectively in English because he speaks English the entire time that we are together on our drill weekend. Um, great, great person, just genuinely a good guy, you know, nice guy, always in a good mood, always there to help anybody out, anxious to teach and share what he knows, and uh, yeah, just a great guy, just like anybody else, right? No different, same as everybody else. And he has a strong accent. This is a medical doctor we're talking about. Years of college education. He's he's a leader, definitely a leader in our unit. And he has a strong accent. When I read that question about the airman having a strong accent, that just makes me say, wow. Really? Did we just go there? friend that I went to school with years ago, and she's from Puerto Rico. She has a very strong accent as well. And she, at that time, had just a couple stripes on her sleeve. But now she's, she's got five stripes. She's moving up. She's a great leader. She's Again, just a genuinely good person, great leader. She really knows her material. She really knows her, her content. She doesn't just perform the job well, but she can teach and train other people to do the job well. And people understand her. Yeah, I remember in school, some people teased her about her accent because we're saying all these scientific terms different terms of electromagnetic pulses, we're talking about beta rays, gamma rays, alpha radiation, and in her accent, she didn't say beta, she said beta, she didn't say gamma, she said gamma, and it's just the way she pronounces words, it's a little different. But you could understand what she's saying. She ended up graduating first in the class. Yeah. She got the highest overall score. Yeah. So just because a person has an accent, that doesn't mean that they're incapable. That doesn't mean that, that they're not intelligent. That doesn't mean anything that, well, what that does mean is that they can communicate in two languages, that they can be intelligent in two languages. 
they can understand the same concept in two languages versus people that can only understand it in one. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are some of the, the situations I've been a part of while I've been a part of the military and others. But, I see these situations I don't see them from that white middle class understanding of, of the way policies and procedures are written in the military. No, I don't see them from that perspective because that's not what I am. I don't have a white image of myself. I, I don't. I see them as a brown person. I see them as a person with family that has an accent. I see them as a person understand two languages. Yeah, I see them from a, a different perspective here. That, um, yeah, when I read that question, I, I didn't even, you know, I, I chose my answer. Yes, that is exactly what I would say. That is exactly what I would do. I would call out that NCO and indeed be, I mean, even take it up to the next tier of leadership. And I would report that NCO. Because that is where he is stifling this, this airman. He's holding them back. And it's not at the fault of the airman. It's the fault of the supervisor. Yeah. And the supervisor's inability to become culturally diverse. Yeah. So, the military lately has been on a big kick of inclusion and diversity and awareness. And this, this question, this test that I was a part of several years ago, way before Black Lives Matter, way before the military realignment of culture and inclusion, that, um, yeah. That's, this is where being brown, being of a different heritage, this is where those little micro-challenges are in, in being in the military. So instead of being excited and praising veterans, I took a step back and I thought about my brothers and sisters color in the military and how they navigate through military protocols, procedures, guidance, all this instruction, all this guidance, everything that we follow, all of this is in alignment with a white middle class mentality. And once you start reading these manuals, once you start reading this information, the way you're taught, the way everything is, is expressed, you can really connect to that. It's interesting. And, um, yeah. So, there are some changes happening. Hopefully, hopefully for the better, and hopefully they really are changing. But, yeah, that's, that's just one of the reasons why I didn't um, share anything 
on, on actual Veterans Day. So, going forward, we'll continue with more episodes. <laughs> bueno.